The landscape of starting a creator business is one that can be difficult to navigate. When I first got started, I made mistake after mistake trying to figure out what to charge, what resources to invest in, how to make consistent money, and how to actually get this to be a business and get it off the ground. That's the thing about starting a creator business. You have to know more than just creating great content. You need to know how to make smart business moves. For some, that means branching off your social media creation and creating a company or working more in depth with your favorite companies. It may also mean creating a system for more consistent brand partnerships or even something like starting your own podcast or course. For today's guest, that meant leaving her nine to five stable job at TikTok to create a startup of her own. I'm Kristen Busquet and I've been a full-time creator for over three years and have brought in over $350,000 from sponsored posts and content creation collaborations with brands so far. Social Scoop is the podcast where we teach you, the entrepreneurial creator, to turn your online influence into a profitable, self-sustaining business. Today, we're here with Kristen Nino de Guzman, an industry vet who is the founder of newly launched app, Clara. Clara is a community that empowers creators through transparency, brand reviews, and discoverability. Kristen has almost a decade of experience working with top content creators at social networking companies such as Instagram, TikTok, and Pinterest. She's a motivational speaker and a mentor in the tech space who is passionate about helping people break into the industry through career advice and actionable content. Today, we're diving into negotiating, making the leap to go out on your own from a nine-to-five job, knowing your value, and the future of creator compensation. We're giving you the scoop on all things money as a creator. This, my biz BFF, is Social Scoop. I am so happy to say that Social Suite is absolutely popping off for 2023. If you are someone who wants to take this career more seriously, you're ready to level up, start your own company, be a business owner, and leave maybe your nine-to-five job that you're not happy at. You want to live a life where you don't have to worry about taking time off to go on vacation or asking your boss if you can have time off for a mental health day. You want to be your own boss, and I'm going to help you do that through Social Suite, our private creator community. Within the Social Suite, you get literally everything that you need from templates and resources and tutorials to collaborative brand email database that we've built with over 200 brands in it. Plus, you have access to a community of 70 plus other incredible like-minded creators and one-on-one access to me for any questions that you have and coaching that you need to get through your experiences. You get your free intro call when you enroll, so don't forget to check the show notes and use code SCOOP to get 50% off your first month, and we will see you guys there. Hello, my friends, and welcome to episode 60 of Social Scoop Podcast. I'm Kristen, and as always, I'm so excited that you're here. Happy 2023. I hope that you are so excited and just feeling so inspired for the new year. I took a little bit of time off during the holidays, and It was just so needed. I came back this year feeling like a new human being. Also, this is so off topic, but I need to mention it because if anyone has experience with this or knows more about this, please send me a message. So since January 1st of this year, I have been seeing the numbers 444 everywhere. Like every time I look at the clock, it's 444. I wake up in the middle of the night, it's 444. Like I have seen it everywhere. I I read a little bit about angel numbers, but I don't know about the internet. It says like different things everywhere. So side note, but if you know anything about that, please send me a message because I feel like I 
the universe is trying to tell me something and I'm trying to decode it. (laughs) So guys, for news, Instagram is working on text mode for posts. So you will be able to type and have the text save as an image that you can post on your Instagram feed. In the show notes, you can see a photo of what this actually looks like. In my personal opinion, I would rather just use Canva and make it look pretty and like on brand for me. This is very, very basic text and color, similar to what you would see on Instagram stories. So I think it's a cool concept. However, not sure how much I personally would use it. You'll have to go to the show notes so that you can see what it looks like and let me know if it's something that you guys would use. Also, YouTube Shorts is experimenting with hashtag suggestions. So this experiment is actually only available right now to a select group of users. Hopefully it will get out to everyone. I actually haven't checked if I'm part of this, but I hope I am. If you're a creator in the experiment, you will see suggested hashtags appear in the upload flow on mobile. This is straight from YouTube and what they've said about it. So hashtag suggestions will be custom to your channel as they are based on content you've previously uploaded. So it seems like they will basically just kind of assign hashtags to the type of content that you're creating that will essentially help you with discoverability on YouTube short. Also, side note, guys, YouTube in 2023 is truly going to be making so many huge moves for creators. So I think it's very important that even if you're creating content for Instagram or for TikTok, find a way to repurpose it onto YouTube or even create some maybe longer form content that you can share on YouTube, YouTube Shorts, Instagram, and TikTok, and kind of have this this process where it just makes it a little bit easier for you to be on so many platforms. There's a lot of monetization options that are going to be huge for creators this year. Also, YouTube Shorts is truly just blowing up right now. It's a great way to build a subscriber base on YouTube. If you ever do decide you want to focus on that and even start doing partnerships there. So I highly suggest looking into YouTube and YouTube shorts more. If you're going to do it ever, if you've ever been thinking about it, now is the time. Also, Instagram outlines their 2023 key areas of focus. This came straight from Adam Masseri's Instagram. And there are three things that I'm going to go over with you. First being they want to inspire people to be creative. So you can expect to see Instagram adding in more visual customization and editing tools. I'm not sure exactly what that looks like. It was very vague, but inspiring people to be creative. And honestly, at this point in Instagram, maybe we all need that because I personally don't really feel very inspired to be creative on Instagram. So I can definitely see how this would be very beneficial to get more people actually consistently using the app because at at this point, I feel like we're all maybe feeling a little bit stale about Instagram and for them, that's probably very scary. (laughs) Second, they want to help people discover things they love. So as Social Media Today stated, this is both a major opportunity and a major risk for Instagram. Because in order to do this, it needs to shift user behavior away from what they know and love, like seeing the latest posts from people and profiles that they've chosen to follow, and into a new TikTok-like experience, which is no longer geared around your own curated social graphs. So basically what this is saying is Instagram, in order to help people discover more things they love, needs to show you more things that you haven't discovered yet. And I don't know that 
that's what we want as people who are using Instagram because Instagram feels to me like the place where I actually want to see the people that I follow where on TikTok, I follow people, but I really personally never go on my following page. I am 99% of the time on my FYP. So it just seems like the apps were built so differently that it would be very difficult for Instagram to make that major shift to being an app that doesn't show us very much of the people that we follow, we've chosen to follow, and more of a TikTok style uh, experience. I'm not sure that I would love that. And I'm not sure that it wouldn't cause me to just go over to TikTok because that's what I'm used to there. I don't know if this is going to help Instagram. I would be very curious to hear your opinion from you guys um, because this is this is like kind of major and this could be the year where Instagram goes one way or the other um, and, and we see people leave or really fall in love with Instagram again. So it's going to be an interesting year for them for sure. Lastly, their last key area of focus for 2023 is sparking connections between people. I love this because Instagram to me feels like a place where I have a lot more connection, like direct connection or like intimate connection, I guess, with my audience through the DMs, through stories versus TikTok, where I don't really have a lot of people that I've met strictly through TikTok that I talk to strictly through TikTok. Because one of the only places for me to converse with them is through comments. You know, like, I does anyone use their DMs on TikTok? I don't know. Maybe they do, and it's just I don't. But for the most part, this feels very true to Instagram. So the addition of notes will be big this year. So this is almost like an AIM style, kind of like a way message is, is the way I look at it. It enables users to share a conversation prompt in a stories like bubble above your direct message inbox. So if you're up there, you'll see in the show notes what it looks like. It basically is these little bubbles where you can type like a sentence there and people can click on that, respond to it, and and it will go right into your direct messages. So it's a way to spend more time in the DMs with people, which again, I think most people on Instagram are spending their time in stories or in the DMs. So this makes a lot of sense. And I think this could be really interesting as a way to get more people that maybe haven't seen your content in a little while, or maybe you're very far down on their stories queue. Like this could be a good way for you to start reinitiating or sparking connections between these people and you that maybe again, you haven't talked to in a while. So I love this. I'm very excited to see what happens here. Uh, but again, I, I just like have such trust issues with Instagram at this point that I just, I'm not like, holding my breath for anything. Maybe you guys feel the same. Before we dive into our interview today, which I personally am so excited for you guys to hear, I wanted to tell you about an event that we are holding for free on Thursday, January 19th at noon Eastern time. It is a free workshop, what successful creators will do in 2023. So how are you preparing to show up this year? In this free workshop, I'm walking you through what you need to know to see success as a creator this year. I am so excited to go through these things with you. There's a lot of really exciting things, new things happening in 2023 that I think you could utilize to be very successful this year. And I'm teaching them all to you for free. So you can go to the link down in the show notes to RSVP to this event. It will be held in our Facebook group, also on LinkedIn and on YouTube Live as well. So you'll be able to check it out there. I will see you guys on Thursday, January 19th at noon. And without further ado, let's dive right into our interview for today. 
Guys, I'm so excited for today because Kristen is someone that I've wanted to have on the podcast. She's someone that I look up to. I love watching everything she does. So I'm super excited for our conversation today. Kristen, thank you so much for joining me. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to chat. Of course. I mean, we have so many creators that listen to the podcast, so many entrepreneurs, and I feel like you've had such a well-rounded experience dipping your toes into so many things with the creator industry um, and social media in general. So I feel like you have a lot to offer. (laughs) Yeah, thanks. I mean, I also feel like you are doing a great job of like, you know, taking advantage of like being a creator, having an audience and trying to think like how you can turn that into more of like sustainable business and future. Um, So yeah, excited to dive in. Yeah, thank you. I definitely appreciate it. So for anyone who is listening and hasn't kind of seen what you do um, with your business or seen what you do on social media, I would love for you to kind of just give like the general rundown of who you are and what you do. Yeah. So um, so basically, I my whole career, I have spent working with influencers, creators, however you want to label. Um, <laughs> I personally like prefer the, the, the term creator. So I, I started yeah. off like, working in like on brand deals. So I was kind of like the middle woman between big brands and creators. I was actually executing the brand deals. Um, And so I started off like actually kind of facilitating deals on YouTube and traditional blogs. And then from there, I ended up working at a lot of the platforms. I was at Instagram, um, working on their creator programs. Then I was at Pinterest. And then most recently I was at TikTok. And um, I myself became a creator over the pandemic, just with like all the opportunity and TikTok. Yeah. Great way to be discovered. Um, and then I would say during my time of being starting to become a creator in 2020 and also working at TikTok, where like all of a sudden I feel like anyone could become a creator with the rise of TikTok. I, I felt like I was like an, seeing an interesting thing happen. And I always knew like, you know, creators were getting paid a ton of money for brand deals. Um, but I think it, it took me being a creator and also kind of working at TikTok to realize like, a lot of creators didn't have a lot of guidance in terms of how much to charge um, brands for like TikTok videos, Instagram posts. Yeah. So I was on a lot of deals where like I would see some of the creators I worked with getting paid like $20,000 for a video and then others would get paid like a thousand. And I was like, oh, this is like crazy how like some people just don't realize how much money you can make. And I think for me, right. um, I also like considered myself kind of an expert having worked on like worked in this industry my whole career. And I remember, um, I remember when I was, uh, like over the pandemic, Barnes and Noble reached out to me and they asked me for my rate. And I responded with what I thought was, was like a good rate for myself. And they like, basically were like, Hey, that's too much money for us. And we don't even want to counter offer because yeah. it would be like insulting to you. And I just remember like, wow, if I, who I thought I was more of like an expert, can't even like figure this out, then I knew that there had to be some sort of like resource for creators. So I left my job at TikTok in um, earlier this year to launch an app where creators can share and share their pay rates anonymously and share reviews on the brands that they've worked with. So the idea is if Barnes and Noble were to re-reach out to me, I could go to Clara, uh, which is my app. It's called Clara for Creators and see how much they paid other creators my size and then use that information to like go into that conversation yeah. with Barnes and Noble and have a, a knowledge, more knowledge and like negotiate a better rate for myself. 
I love it. I mean, you would think that something like this would already exist. So it's it's awesome that you're the one who's like really bringing it to the forefront because for every other industry, you can literally just like go on on LinkedIn, go on Glassdoor, go on Indeed and see what you should be getting paid. But like for most of us creators, for lack of a better term, we're kind of just pulling it out of our ass most of the time trying to figure out like is this yeah. is this something a brand will take or not? I don't know. Let's just see what happens. So there's not like a lot of regulation, which is honestly like a huge problem. It really is. Yeah. And like what I saw working at these platforms is that like what ends up happening and maybe you can also speak to this, but like a lot of like black creators will talk to black creators and a lot of Hispanic creators will t- or fashion creators will talk to fashion creators. And the problem yeah. with that is then like you're very siloed in terms of understanding like oh, if I'm only talking to, you know, Hispanic creators and I'm like in a group, then like, I'm only going off of what they say, but I should be looking at the full picture. So like, yeah, I just, and you know, it's kind of like, if everyone's just talking in silos, you don't really understand like the potential of what's possible. So the idea is just to like make the information accessible. Yeah. I love that. I love that. So I want to talk about this more, but first I want to kind of touch on like going in order of, of what you've done in your career. I mean, you've worked at the biggest platforms, Instagram, TikTok, Pinterest. These are obviously like where a lot of creators are building their brands, building their businesses. So I would love to kind of just hear about like your experiences working at the different companies. I know for me, it seems like it must just like be so cool, but I don't know, you know, like it always seems cooler from the outside than maybe it is from the inside. So I'm curious to hear about your experiences. Yeah, I think, I think, um, my, my biggest, like, so one, all the, all the platforms were like just super cool, like to work for, I I will say like, I think, um, Instagram and TikTok were definitely my favorites out of the two. Um, and I think when I started working at Instagram, it was funny because like, they didn't, I started there in 2017 and like, they were not leveraging creators or even to be oh, honest, yeah. caring about creators the way that they do now. And I think it, 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 you know, it evolved, which I'm glad, but I remember when I got there, I had come from doing like influencer marketing and I was like trying to tell them like, Hey, you can <laughs> use creators for like a lot of what you're doing. You don't have to do yeah. traditional ads. Like you can lean into creators and um, so I, when I was there, I helped launch this like creator program and like, it was basically the, the goal was to prove to them that like creators are a thing, like you should lean into creators for marketing. Um, and that was something like early 2017. It's so interesting to think back. Cause like now it's completely changed and they have oh, yeah. creator programs, creator grants, they have a creator page. Um, but it all had like, you know, in the early days, it was like, it took some convincing, like people weren't bought in on influencers or creators. And right. I think even still, it's interesting. Cause like, um, you know, people like that are not in the influencer world. Um, they, they don't believe that creators are like legitimate. They're like, Oh, you're an it's crazy. Like, How are it's we like, still at this point? <laughs> it's so wild to me, but, um, but yeah, I think, you know, I think my, my favorite place to work was TikTok because they were the first like company that I felt like were actually really investing in creators. And like, I just felt like I saw so many creators lives change from TikTok. TikTok elevated them in ways that like yeah. I had never seen a platform do um, and launched grant programs that just did so much work. And that's because they have like, you know, the people actually leading the teams really, really do care. So I think right. working at TikTok was definitely the highlight for me just because like, I think the success stories that came out of being on TikTok during the pandemic were just like crazy, crazy. compared to anything I'd seen before. 
Yeah. But it's interesting that you say that from an inside perspective that like you notice working there that at TikTok, they really did value creators so much more because even from an outside perspective, I feel like that's what we see, you know, like we all see Instagram saying, okay, we care about creators. We care about creators, but it feels like they need to like put their money where their mouth is a little bit more. Whereas on TikTok, I, I believe a lot more that they genuinely like are in it for our success based on, you know, like the resources that they give us and, and yeah. how we are able to like have more success realistically on TikTok than we are on Instagram for majority of people. I mean, I, I agree. Like, I feel like that's it from all the creators I talked to. They're like, it feels so genuine, like from TikTok. And I think the difference yeah. is TikTok is so much more proactive in terms of like, we're going to launch this program. We're going to do this. And then Instagram was kind of like, and these other platforms are like, TikTok is like the, the standard, like the lead. So they'll see TikTok doing things and they'll be like, wait, we have right. to launch this. And then as a result, what tends to happen is they kind of do a half ass version of like what TikTok did so it doesn't come off as like you know authentic right which is crazy because TikTok is the newest platform so it really does just kind of go to show you like they know their shit they're coming into it and they're like we're the newest but we're setting the standards for all these other platforms that have been around for you know 10 plus years yeah a hundred percent it's crazy to watch it really is and I feel like for me personally again as a creator like I do like to spend more time on TikTok as a consumer. I like to spend more time on TikTok. I just feel like, especially as of recently, Instagram is, it's not like the happiest place to be. I think a lot of people would probably agree to that. It feels like we're kind of just like in the middle of their experiments. <laughs> right. There's just like, they're like, testing all these new features and we're like, 100%. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So I've seen in, you know, your content on socials that you talk about how you, you know, you left one company, went to another and you were actually able to, you know, bump up the amount of money you were getting paid by, by really decent amounts. So I would love to kind of have you tell us more about like how that happened and like what were strategies going into it, leaving one company and kind of like leveraging that going into another. Yeah. Um, so I think my first, so I think like when I first started off my career, I was kind of like naive to understanding, like, you know, I just assumed if I did good work, companies would pay me fairly. And, um, you would think. I learned, <laughs> yeah, I learned at my first company, <laughs> I worked at a company called pop sugar, which you might've oh, yeah. been familiar with them, but, um, yeah. I was working there like two years and I remember I got like promoted a couple of times and I really liked my job, but then I, I, they hired like a new girl that was working at the front desk and she had just graduated college. So I was like a lot more older than her. Um, and I had been working there. And I remember she told me like, Oh, I'm making 65,000 a year. And, um, that was like the first time I think in my work history, anyone had ever like shared their salary with me. And I was like, and I remember thinking like, Oh my gosh, I've been working at pop sugar and I'm getting paid like 40,000 a year. And they hire a new girl fresh out of college and they're giving her 65000 And I remember and just like her jobs being, are so different. Right. And like, if anything, <laughs> like, I've been here longer. Shouldn't you be paying me wow. like more than someone fresh out of school? Um, and I mean, my my role like was just like, so I was in marketing. So like, right. I, sh- I felt like I should have been paid more anyway. But um, I think hearing that and she was a friend. So it wasn't like, I wasn't like mad. I just was kind of like floored at that point. So I remember after that, I started 
looking for jobs. And then the next job um, I got, they gave me an offer of like 60K, which was like better than what I was making there. So I was like, sure. Yeah. Um, and I, I thought back of like, okay, as I was there, they were giving me tiny raises of like $2,000, like, you know, when I got promoted and I'm thinking like, why would I continue to stay there? Like bumping up slowly when I could just go somewhere else and make like, you know, 20% yeah. more. So, um, I got that role at, uh, at a company called Aspire IQ, which was like a marketplace for creators. Yeah. Um, and then from there I got, I got basically recruited for this role at Instagram and, it was the same thing. I was like, oh, they initially offered me 88000 And I was like, whoa, I had only been at the other role for like six months. And then I was already getting an offer for like yeah, 20 more. Um, and so I think for me, it was like a good lesson of like, it, you know, you have to, you have to weigh so many different factors, but I think like early on in my career, living in San Francisco, being broke, it was like a very much a strategy for me to, to make more money and feel financially secure. And I kind of continued hopping until I felt until I felt like I was at a, a really good place and I, you know, was like very financially independent. So um, job hopping was something that really, really helped me kind of like get to where I am now and feeling secure and able to leave my job and create a, like create yeah. a company um, in a way I would have never been able to do if I had stuck at that same first job for like 10 years. Yeah. <laughs> it would be much different. That's guy. so true. Yeah, it's really interesting to think about. I'm curious too, like I've seen you know, in, in movies or in TV shows, I've like never worked a salary position. So I like don't even know personally how that works. So I'm curious when you did get offers like from these other places, did you bring them back to the places that you worked at and say like, this is what's happening? Like, you sure you want to <laughs> let me leave? Like, did they, did that happen? Well, it's funny because I think, so I think in my first job, Pop Sugar, I was ready to go because I felt undervalued and I was like, yeah, I'm gone. that's fair. Um, and then when I got a, a job at Instagram, I was just like, yes, I'm going to Instagram. Uh, but I think the first time I really was kind of sad to go is, so I went from Instagram to Pinterest and then at Pinterest, I was only there a year and I got recruited for this role at TikTok. And I think like, I was so excited about TikTok at the time. It was like right before yeah. pandemic. I love the app. And so for me, it was like, oh, this is, this kind of sucks because I've only worked at Pinterest a year. I wasn't trying to find a job, but it kind of found me. And I remember talking to my yeah. boss and um, she was like, well, do you want me to like, do you want me to take your offer from TikTok and try to, you know, right. get you more money here? Like, do you want to stay or do you want to leave? So I think like that was definitely, that was something like I could, I could have done if I had wanted yeah. to. But I think for me, um, I also just like feel like I tend to get a little bored at work, right? It's like you're kind of doing the same thing. Mm -hmm. And so I think for me, I'm, I'm always wanting like a new challenge. And so staying in a role, role for like two, two and a half years is kind of like the perfect amount of time for me yeah. up until this point. Cause then I feel like, okay, now I can go somewhere else, like learn a different way of doing things, work with different people and continue to kind of right. like, you know, grow in my career. Um, so I think it's definitely like an option if you want to bring in your offer and try to get more money, but I have heard there's some like crazy statistic that like, if you do like counter or bring your offer into your current employer, you like, I don't know what the stat is, but it's a crazy stat. It's yeah. like most people end up leaving within a year. So like, if you're already kind of like feeling the itch to like leave an yeah. interview, ultimately you probably are going to end up leaving soon anyway. Yeah. I mean, that makes sense. I, I can see that. I mean, also curious to think about this too, like you had all of these great roles at 
all of these great companies, like even aside from the social apps, like Aspire, Pop Sugar, like these are all really great companies. And working in different positions with all of these, you know, great leaders and everything was probably so helpful for you to get to the point you are at now, you know, where you have your own company, like you must have learned so many amazing things, again, from from these really big companies that you're bringing to Clara now. Yeah, I think, I think like, it's been so cool to just like, like work at different places, see different approaches, like as we talked about earlier, like Instagram's approach to creators versus TikToks. I think for me, it was just kind of like one, I saw like a problem that I felt like wasn't being addressed. And and yeah. people that didn't care enough about creators, right? I saw a bunch of things, you know, that were targeted towards businesses, but not actually creator first. And I think the other thing is like with the creator economy, the way it's been, like there's such a unique opportunity for people to establish their personal yeah. brand. And when I was working at these at these companies, like TikTok especially is when I became a creator, I was getting so much like media requests and all these different opportunities and like having a full-time job and being a creator for me was a little bit problematic because my content was about career and jobs. And so I would have like, I remember I had like fortune magazine reaching out and like wanting to interview, um, wanting to interview me. And I had some like good day LA requests coming in and I'd have to go through TikTok and get them approved. And it was always like tricky, right? Because it's like, you know, for TikTok, it felt like I was I was a bit of a risk because I was a creator and I was like talking openly like to yeah. and they were like always a little bit concerned, which it's kind of like for me, I saw an opportunity to like build my personal brand and I felt like I was kind of being held back in a way that I didn't want to be. I'm like, this is a unique time where creators can right. really establish a name and a brand for themselves. And I don't want to just like be, you know, a, a corporate employee like I want to build something more meaningful so I feel like it's it's been interesting and like I said working with thousands of creators who have just like like I feel like pre-TikTok you know I didn't really know a lot of dentists or chiropractors and now I can tell you like some of my favorite like dentists and chiropractic creators that have like their own like offices and it's like it's crazy such a unique time (laughs) for to be a creator so I've like wanted to take advantage of that yeah and again like the work that you're doing is so helpful so it, it must be cool to be able to work with so many creators but also like be such a great resource to them all at the same time but I'm sure like when you were first making that transition to like I'm gonna leave my stable nine to five job where like I have benefits and I have all these you know great things and in a place to work every day and all of that to going to create your own startup that must have been like a really scary shift how did that whole process go for you yeah, I think it was really, it was so, honestly, it was so scary. What what I did before I left officially is I took like a three week vacation. Um, and I, I was feeling so burnt out just because working at TikTok during the pandemic, it was like the craziest time to work there. Like yeah. you had like the potential Trump ban happening. You had, we had a very lean team because like the, with the Trump ban, like hiring was put on pause and like there was just so much stuff happening and you know creators were blowing up on tiktok and it was it was a really difficult time to work there just because i didn't have a lot of like work-life balance and so i think for me i was already kind of feeling like i was burnt out but um i took a three-week break before i gave my notice to really like try to see if like this is like the right move for me um and i think like after that three work three weeks i was like so certain like i was just like i need to i need to do this and i think 
Uh, for me, I'm like, I can always go back to corporate America if I want to have yeah. a nine to five. Like, it's always going to be there. But like, you know, sometimes you just have to kind of like take a chance and leave stability um, behind. And so that part was hard. But I do think, you know, being a creator on the side and having other streams of income definitely like helped me feel a little bit more comfortable in that decision. I think like if I wouldn't have been a creator there's been, there would be no way I could just like leave my, you know, six figure job and like start my own company. But yeah. having just like, you know, some brand deals every month really, really helped. Yeah, exactly. I mean, first of all, when you leave what's comfortable, I feel like that's when really great things happen. Cause like you're allowing yourself to like, you know, do something on your own. And, and a lot of those times you have to like pull out all the stops to find out just how much you're capable of. And I think that's a really cool, like learning experience for so many people. It's so scary, but also I think it's just so valuable again, even if it doesn't work out, whatever, like nine to five is always there. You can always go back, but I think it was so cool that you took that chance. I love it. Um, now obviously, you know, with your company, your focus is on telling, being transparent, creating transparency, I guess, within the creator economy, you know, trying to show other creators what, you know, people are getting paid and and help them kind of have more of like a baseline, I guess, or kind of like regulate what people are getting paid, which obviously right now is like not at all what's happening. It's, it's crazy. I'm actually right now, I'm in the process of building this like little creator rate chart of just like, mm-hmm. what's your follower count, your engagement rate, and like how much are you charging for a TikTok or an Instagram? And I'm gathering all of this onto a spreadsheet and it's crazy to see like people that have, you know, half the amount of followers and like 10 times better engagement rate than I do. You know, people that I thought would be charging five times what I charge are charging like not even a quarter of what I charge. So it really is so needed, but so crazy to see just like where everyone's head is at, I guess, when it comes to creating their rates. I'm curious, like, what do you see the future of creator compensation looking like? Yeah, I mean, so I think what you said is like, it's so true. I mean, it's something I've seen on my app as well. Like, even just looking at averages across follower counts, like, um, I remember like kind of analyzing some of the data that's been submitted. And I think on average, people on Clara that make between or that have between 500,000 and 3 million followers they make around uh, 4,000 for like one TikTok video. And I think that's crazy because I I have 300 yeah. something thousand followers and I charge 5,000 to TikTok. I was so going to say, like, I feel like that's low for them for sure. Right, like it's so low. And I, I think like, yeah, I've seen, you know, creators submit rates for the same campaign on Clara and some will be like three times what the other one will and they'll have half the amount of followers. So yeah. I think like, you know, what, with what we've been seeing in terms of salary transparency on TikTok, like the New York laws around salary transparency, like I think that with creators and pay, um, there needs to be more transparency. And I think that that's why I like wanted to leave because I'm like, if, if no one spearheads this, it's just going to like be messy. And I think it's bad for both brands and creators when there's no transparency because brands are like, why the hell is this person saying that they want $5,000 when they only have, you know, X amount of followers right. when this other creator who has double, double that follower has like, is asking for half the amount. So I think like both the brands and the creators need transparency. And I also think like on the brand side, like I've seen, I'm sure you've seen this too. Like 
creators will like put brands on blast and say, this brand only offered me X amount. Like this is a huge yep. brand and like this sucks. And I think for me, I'm like, I would see, and I'm like, yeah, but they probably just have an uneducated team running. Like they don't, they don't realize this. And it's because right. no one is talking to each other. You know, you have like, it's just not a recipe for success. So I think like right. the more transparency, I think the better. One of the things that TikTok did that I thought was just like incredible is um, a lot of the campaigns that they did, they would do like a, a baseline for everything. So like, they'd be like, okay, we're going to launch this new campaign. And I'll, I'm just like making up this number, but no creator yeah. doing this campaign will make under $5,000. Like we're going to pay everyone a flat right. fee of minimum of 5,000. And if people require more than like, that's whatever. But I think, you know, the whole traditional way of asking, of, of brands asking creators, it's always like, what's your rate? Which is like such a, a recipe for disaster. Because if I say $800 right. or $8,000, like they'll just accept whatever I say is my lowest rate. So I think yep. the brands need to have some guidelines for how they work with creators that are ethical in the same way, you know, right. a job would have like a minimum amount that they would pay. Um, right. And so I think like more of that is, is what needed. But the problem is it's like, you need educated people who've worked. When I say educated, I just mean like a lot of knowledge of creator economy. Yeah, right. So be working behind the scenes um, and really help like spearhead some of that like right. quality, right? Yeah, you know, that's actually a really great point because I feel like in my head, a lot of the times I'm like, no, the influencers, they need to know like how much they should charge. And obviously that's true, but it's the brand also does need to be educated on that just as much, if not more than the creators. I know yeah. for me, I had um, kind of like this weird situation happen earlier this year where I had an agency reach out to me. They're an agency like I've, I've gotten emails from a million times and every time they send me an email, the rate that they offer me is offensive like every single time and it's always these big brands that they're working with and so I had just they caught me on a day where I was like I'm not I'm not taking this anymore and so I I posted it on TikTok and I was like you know they offered me it was like $200 for like a real TikTok story is like all of this crazy stuff and so I I was just like guys look at this is this is the problem here you know and I, I made a TikTok video about it and the agency actually reached out to me. They saw it and they were like, you know, upset because they were like, I wish that we had had this conversation. I was like, you guys don't understand. Every single time you send me an email, I tell you this rate is extremely low. This is what it should be for someone, you know, at my follower account, my engagement, whatever. You guys are offering me a crazy low rate. And I tell them that every time. And so you know, we had a conversation about it and she was like, you know, thank you for bringing it to my attention because I'm glad that, uh, you know, now we know and we're able to like make changes, but it's, it's crazy. Cause like, I still have people messaging me over it. Like, look at this offer I just got from this agency. Remember when you made that video? And I'm like, well, <laughs> all right, well, nothing changed here. So hopefully like more people start speaking up in these experiences and eventually, hopefully at least the brands and the agencies do start to kind of like have some sort of baseline or some regulation because you know two hundred dollars for all of that work at any follower account I think is offensive you know I think like you're right and I think also the thing that I that I noticed just personally being a creator is like I have probably worked on like I don't know at least like 20 20 deals whatever in the last like yeah. year or two and in every deal I think I had only got one brand that sent a survey like how did we do so it's like, not only do wow. they need guidance on like the pricing, but I think they also need guidance on like 
how to work with creators. Cause so many of those campaigns, like I remember thinking, I will never work with this brand again. Like they suck. Mm -hmm. Like they're, they're, they're like literally being so prescriptive in what they want me to do and the script and the revisions. And like, I think yeah. that's another thing is like, you know, they also, the, the brands need feedback. And, and a lot of times, like it's great that you like made a video, but I think like a lot of times creators don't even take it that far. They just like, are like, Oh, I hated that experience, but whatever. I'm never working yeah. with them again. And like the brands need that feedback. So that's also a yeah. key piece of like, why creators sharing their feedback like on Claire or wherever it is is so important because otherwise they're not really asking you and they're not going to get better and so it's like they need the transparency themselves because otherwise they're just going to like make it a pain in the ass to work with them every yeah time. yeah you know that's actually really interesting I don't think I've ever gotten a survey or anything but why is that not a thing like after every partnership how did we do you know how was this experience for you because it's true like there are so many agencies so many brands that I'm like if you, I tell all my friends, I tell all my students, yeah. I'm like, if you see this agency, you see this brand, like red flag, run the opposite direction, horrible yeah. experience. And like that, that could be something that is, you know, improved obviously, but if they don't offer me the opportunity, I feel weird coming into their, their messages and be like, by the way, here's how you should run everything. You know, so having a survey, I feel like would be a great option I mean 100% because I think even like on some of the brands that have been reviewed on Clara like you obviously have the brands like coldest water bottle which we like know like how that is perceived but you have other brands that I think are doing very similar to what coldest water bottle does like just asking for an integration but they are like loved by by creators because you yeah. know they just they have a different approach they have a different team working for them and like so I think it's like they they just need the feedback because like ultimately you have these brands that creators love working with every single time. Like I know for me, like every time um, I get a, I've worked with fishbowl quite a bit and they're kind of like a, a, like a glass door slash Reddit for, for professionals. Yeah. But like every time they literally just let me do whatever I want. They're like, yeah, just like look on the app and feel like what feels organic to you. And like, that's it. But like compare yep. that to other experiences I've had with similar brands where they like, give me a script. They gave me a 20 page brief. They're like, three like you know it's just like such a painful yeah. experience it's like they just have the feedback and the funny thing is is when you try to be too prescriptive it's like it doesn't even end up hitting right it's like exactly. the videos don't even do as well so it's like if they just knew and could really like hear creators out and just like provide more freedom flexibility and give us more right. creativity they would be better off anyway yeah, I, I definitely agree with that point. I can also see it from the creator or from the brand or agency perspective too, though, because I, in a past life, also used to do campaign management and I was just truly shocked at the experiences that I had working with some people that would like, you know, respond with like no punctuation in their emails and like, you know, all these things that I'm just like, there's literally no way I'm not giving you a script, you know? So like, I guess it also goes along with like making sure the brand is choosing, doing their research and choosing creators that do feel like, okay, they like, they know their stuff. They've worked with all these brands. Like they must know how to, how to do this. Um, so maybe they could kind of go and do a little bit more research that might be helpful, <laughs> but I know from being on the other side too, that I'm like, okay, I kind of get it at the same time. <laughs> I mean, definitely brands have reached out to me and they said like, can we review creators on your site? And I'm like, eh. I don't think like I don't think we're ready for that right just yet but um yeah that's not something I want to have because I I mean I I do get it like you said from the brand's perspective sometimes creators can like yeah. not be professional or not send things in on time but like yeah it, it's definitely like yeah. people just need more transparency in general 
Yeah, exactly, exactly. Have you ever been in these situations? I mean, now that you you know what you should be charging, you know, like you're you're confident in your rates. Have you ever gotten in situations where the brand is like, you know, that's great that that's your rate and everything, but like we don't have that budget and they don't even try and negotiate. You know, again, like kind of similar to how we were talking about with, you know, your corporate jobs where they're like it it would almost be offensive for me to try and counter offer. Um what do you do in those situations? Yeah, I mean, I definitely think like, well, for me, I think in general, I am, I just like am, I really only do campaigns I know are going to perform well, because otherwise, I just feel like it's a waste of everyone's time. Um, But I think there, there has been a lot of circumstances, like I've done videos for like, these more nonprofit type women's focus women in tech events and like campaigns. Um, And I've done stuff that like are way below my rate, just because I'm like, okay, this is like some, like a cause related thing that I believe in. Um, or when there's product that is, that I want. And I think like, right, you yeah. know, you got to weigh the, the pros and cons, or if I think it'll lead to like a bigger relationship, like I'll, sometimes I'll get like, oh, these, they want to send you product. And I'm like, okay, well maybe I'll just post like on my story in hopes to kind of yeah. like build up their relationship and get a deal later on. I've definitely seen that happen for me in the past. And so yeah. I'm, I'm a believer that like, you know, I'm willing to kind of like maybe do something it, like initially for not for free right. but like you know just just to You're try to reasonable yeah yeah because I think like ultimately if it's a brand I, I really could see working with and see potential then like I'm super open to it but I definitely think like you know all creators have different motivations and you have to figure out like what you know those are so I think like if you don't believe in doing product for for like posting then that's totally fine but I think like for me like I'm if I'm going to get like free clothing that I would have been spending money on, like to me, like sometimes it might be worth it if it's yeah. something I really love. So um, I'm always just kind of like what do situation by like situation to, to really figure out like what I'm willing to do versus what I'm yeah. not willing to compromise that's, on. That's fair. I feel like I do the same thing, you know, like there, I have my base rate, but like there are plenty of times when I will go below that if it makes sense for me. Again, like you use your best judgment weigh the pros and cons like how do you feel you know deep down about this is this something like in your conversation with this brand or this agency that you really feel like they're going to like they want to keep working with you they're gonna want to build something then okay like you know you have to make your best your judgments you know um based on experience by experience for sure yeah Um, so yeah sorry oh no go ahead um, last thing I want to talk about, um, are there any things that you've learned working at, you know, big companies, Instagram, Pinterest, TikTok, that you think would be valuable for creators to take into consideration when they are essentially building their careers on these apps? Yeah, I mean, I think there's there's so much. I think like my biggest um tips, like well, I mean, depending on where you are in your content journey, I think like the one thing is that like, it's really, well, one, if, if you're trying to work, like a lot of times creators, like, how do I get a point of contact and get recognized by these, these mm-hmm. platforms? So I think it, it, to, sp- to speak to that piece, it's like, um, at most of these platforms, it's like when we're trying to find creators, it's usually around a specific like initiative, right? Or like right. something that's happening. And so if you, for example, just went to like, you know, the TikTok newsroom or the Instagram, like, like news, um, 
like portal, you could kind of see like what they're prioritizing. Um, so, so for example, right now, I think industry-wide, it's kind of like diverse communities, right? So if you are a part of like a diverse identity community, like you're a black creator, you're, like that's something that you should kind of like op- openly, if you're comfortable with it, putting it out there if you're trying to get a rep, right? Because I think yeah. a lot of the things that would happen at TikTok is I would be recruiting for like these different communities. And like, I wouldn't be sure if this creator was like Hispanic or not. So I'm like, oh, I, I can't, I don't want to invite them and like offend them. Um, right. Just because yeah. I think that they could be. So I think like as a creator, it's super open it's super important that if you're open to it, that you're, you, you vocalize like kind of, you know, identity pieces of, of, of who yeah. you are just because these platforms won't know if you're part of the LGBTQ community, unless you explicitly tell them. Yeah. And I think like a lot of that is, can be really like, you know, I mean, I remember countless times at TikTok, I would be trying to find people, you know, for opportunities and related to like pride month. And like, I wouldn't know unless I had like explicitly, yeah. they explicitly told me. And so as a result, I felt like there were so many really amazing opportunities that were o- only going to the people that were like really, really loud about, you know, X, Y, Z. So I think as a creator, it's kind of your responsibility to like really showcase who you are um, so that p- you can be found for the right opportunities and you can like have a chance right. to like share your story. And like, um, so I think one is just kind of like sharing everything. Right. So that, that goes back to like your personal brands and like, you know, who like the type of content that you make, if you're like a mom, if you're like a writer, like yeah. all these different aspects of kind of who 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 you are. Um, and sharing that openly so that like people know. because uh, I remember even like the last couple of years, like we would see so many cool opportunities, like, oh, what creators do you know that are singers or that are like fa- fashion designers? And like I had no idea. Unless like I had had a conversation with a creator, they told me like I would not know. So I think really just like vocalizing that and also just like um, put, you know, putting as much out there as you're comfortable with, because ultimately it's like what makes you unique and what makes you stand out. Um, And then I think the other piece is is really just like consistency on these platforms, because the platforms are never going to want to work with a creator that's like doesn't post. Right. There's always some right. criteria. It's like if they're working with creators, they have to be active. And so as long as you know you're posting out to like once a week, that's like a good baseline, but ideally a little right. bit more than that. Yeah. I mean, both of those things I, I think are great tips. It's interesting when I have these conversations with people that, you know, do have experience kind of like behind the scenes with the apps or even just with brands. Everyone listening is like looking for us to go over this like secret crazy thing that no one's ever heard of before you know like but at the end of the day I think this whole industry you know creators making connections with brands and apps and all of this is so simple it's like be who you are be consistent about it share what you know what you feel is important and like if it's a right fit it'll work out but like you know there's there's not like a bunch of like magic secret formula behind it all you know yeah I mean it's so true and also like there are so many millions of creators and there's just like not enough people at these companies right it's like they can't possibly so I'll like meet a lot of awesome creators like I don't have a point of contact I'm like that's normal like there's you know there's 100 million of you like not all of you are gonna have a point of contact so uh, yeah I think you're right it's like kind of just like keep it simple like just remember like who you are share who you are be consistent and like ultimately I'm a believer like the right opportunity will, will find you yeah, exactly. hundred percent. Well, thank you so much. This was so awesome to have this conversation with you. I feel like we went over so many things that will be so helpful and like inspiring to everyone who is listening. So thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. This was really fun.
Of course. And you guys, all of the information that you need is down in the show notes. You can download the Clara app as well so you can see what everyone else is charging, get all the inside scoop on what the brands are doing. Um, I love the app. I use it all the time. So thank you so much and we will see you guys next week.